if you want to see it in action, get on my list at shumai.com, and I guarantee that I'll see your name. You're going to buy something from me. And they all laugh. And I'm like, you laugh. <laughs> Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, welcome back. You're tuned into Traffic Jam episode number 13. This is your host, James Reynolds, and I'm super happy that you can be tuning into today's show, as I always am, to have you here with me on Traffic Jam, but especially today because I've got such a great show lined up for you. My guest today, he really just has such an amazing and inspiring story to share with you, a real kind of rags to riches story packed full of not only great marketing lessons, but also lessons in life and crafting your own success. And because he's such a great storyteller, the delivery of the information is so engaging too. So I know you're really going to enjoy today's show. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. Before we get to that interview, a couple of quick announcements at the top of the show. And the first one is, a very exciting announcement, at least for me anyway, and that's that this week I launched Veravo.com, the brand new home to my daily training and tips videos that used to go out on my two agency sites, clickjam.com and seosherpa.com. Now, because we were sort of split between these sites, the idea was for Veravo to be the central hub for all of the main content that we put out weekly across those two platforms. And really, that's exactly what you can expect from the site. Regular punchy traffic tips and training posted three or four times a week and a real sneak peek into my own business so that you can kind of take away the lessons that I'm learning and implement them in your own scenario. So I suggest that you go and check that out, veravo.com. You can of course subscribe to receive the regular updates and you'll get an email when we publish new content. But also on the site, you can take advantage, at least for now anyway, of a web website analysis report that we're putting together for everyone. And that is about a 30 plus sort of point checklist, which will assess your site based on its effectiveness for SEO, social media, and just its general usability. Now, it's a really high quality detailed report that my team will put together. And you're very welcome to receive one of those yourself. Um, all you need to do is go and pop in there your website URL and your email address so that we can deliver that report to you. And you don't even need to put your name. So if you're kind of slightly guarded about the websites that you own, or perhaps you're so embarrassed about the sites that you own that you don't want to put your name to it, then uh, that option is is perfectly good for you. So a totally anonymous report. Go check that out and take advantage of that. The second update I have actually relates to Traffic Jam and the Traffic Jam Jam that comes at the end of the show. I made a decision this week that I want to kind of make it a little bit more personalized, a little bit more fitting for each episode. So from this week and ongoing, I'm inviting my guests on each week's show to actually pick that Traffic Jam Jam to play out the episode. Now, I'm hoping that when we do that, we'll get a bit more personality coming across that really be befitting of the interview and perhaps a kind of soundtrack that really summarizes that individual guest. In fact, my guest today has actually recently written his own book, which chronicled his life story. And I think if he ever turned that book into a feature film, the track that he's chosen to play out today's episode would have to be the soundtrack. So stick around until the end of the show for the Traffic Jam Jam. But also remember that coming up before that, after the interview, we have our regular segments, the one minute traffic tip, and of course, this week's news in traffic. But now I think it's about time without any further ado to introduce today's guest and to start our feature interview. 
So I'm joined today on Traffic Jam by Jeremy Shoemaker, who's known online as Shoe Money. He's an entrepreneur and a writer with an inspiring story. Now, using his own description, he went from a fat ass and broke couch potato to owning multi-million dollar websites. Literally 50K in debt, weighing 420 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and sleeping on a friend's couch, Jeremy turned his life around in 2003 and went on to build several successful companies Companies, including NetPimp and Auction Ads, which he later sold, and his current business, PAR Program. Jeremy, you literally went from no money to multi-million dollar company owner. I would love you to start by sharing your story of how you got to where you are today. Sure. And um, I've given, you know, kind of two hour talks on that. So I'll, I'll make a very condensed version. And so I might talk fast. So I think this is being recorded. So people might want to go back and listen to it a little we, slower but we can always slow um, it down. yeah so <clears throat> yeah so i made a site called next pimp which was uh, just a fun site and the and the site stood for you know just you're going to be the next pimp with your phone just pimping out your phone kind of thing is uh i've always been a little immature and stuff like that i thought it'd be fun be careful what you call your sites because they might evolve into something bigger and so the the site I, I basically, and, and this is kind of a, a mantra or motto, if you will, of every company I've ever had was, um, I didn't realize it at the time when I was, what I was, you know, building that mantra, but it was, you know, is there something out there that I desperately want? And at the time, um, there was no way, uh, to, well, there was no way for average people. I was on this forum called Howard forums, which was the, uh, de- you know, the, the big, uh, thing at the time for cell phone users who wanted you know to kind of hack their phones and stuff and I had a Nextel phone back then and and people were talking about oh you know here's a way to make a wallpaper but it was it was so complicated and at that time it had to be a GIF format exact file size exact you know height and width or your phone and you also had to trick it that you were a Motorola developer and all this stuff so at the time you know like I said I I just started. Um, I would get on there and I would help people when I wrote tutorials about how to do it, but it was just way too complicated for people to do for your average person. So um, I figured out how to do it programmatically on a website and just made it, I mean, it was a horrible looking site, but you just submitted your image and what kind of phone you had. And, you know, a second later, it spit you back out the correct image. And also in that image, it also contained the directions um, you know, just a step-by-step, really, really simple way for people to do it. And that, you know, then some, one day somebody said, you know, you should, you should catalog these images and allow people to categorize them. Now it's referred to as tagging. But so I did that. And, uh, before I know it, it, it got to be so popular and it grew into all kinds of other phones. And keep in mind, this was 2003, um, you know, basically while sitting on my couch and, you know, and working out of my underwear, basically from home, um, single and whatever. And, uh, on unemployment, uh, you know, well, I wasn't on unemployment yet, but, but basically, you know, in my free time I made this and it got to be where like over 5,000 images were being uploaded every day. It got extremely popular. Um, so fast forward, and uh, then I did the same thing with ringtones. People had you know, no idea how to load ringtones on their phone. It wasn't easy. It had to be in certain formats for certain things. So I did the same thing. You know, I, I basically, I wanted it. So I programmatically threw a website, you know, and, and I wasn't a programmer. And that holds a lot of people back because they're, you know, they're like, well, I'm not a programmer. And, you know, and this leads into some other, like, should I buy an info product and stuff? And I'm always telling people, you know, depends where you're at. Like for me, an info product was a $30 book on, you know, how to do PHP. You know, that was my info product. That was my education. So, you know, I, that's how I learned. I just basically, you know, hacked away at stuff until it did what I wanted. And, you know, from there, um, one day I got a call from Google and uh, they said, you know, hey, we have this product called Google AdSense. We can tell you're getting a lot of mobile traffic. We have a lot of mobile advertisers. And, you know, we'd like to uh, make you a premium publisher and, you know, how much you're making. And I was like, I'm not making anything. So through the code on my site, 2000, this had been like late 2004. And the site, you know, started doing like, if she, I think the first day was like, uh, I want to say like a thousand bucks. And I just was blown away. Mm-hmm. I never, you know, I mean, so fast forward, you know, to 2005, September, the site 
just exploded even more. It was doing, you know, enough like 3,000, sometimes 7,000 in a day. It just depended on advertisers and how much they were willing to bid up. And, you know, that I, I had lost my job a month before that. Um, and, you know, I was on unemployment and, um, you know, and then I got a $134,000 check. And, you know, up until that point, it was only like the month before, you know, that I started earning decent money that, you know, that if you want to see a weird look on a bank teller's face, it's when you <laughs> have a unemployment check in 130. So they, they held that check for a long time, like Did 90 they? days. Yeah, yeah, like 90 days because, you know, they didn't know Google paid people at that time. And so from there, then I was this huge success story with Google and, you know, and I had lost weight around that time and or started anyway, too. And they put me on the speaking circuit. So because I got to tell this wonderful story about how I was broke on unemployment and because of Google, it changed my life. And they had me speak about Google AdSense. Well, at that point, I was transitioning from Google AdSense to affiliate marketing because I really followed the money. And I was like, gosh, if these guys can afford to pay me, you know, two to three dollars per click on these Google ads, then what could they, you know, where, where are they making money? So then I traced it down and they were all affiliates for ringtone offers and different things like that. So then I went direct to the affiliate networks that they were doing, just following the links and signed up for an account and started making money with affiliate marketing a lot more than what I was making from Google AdSense. So it was ironic because, um, a lot of the panels I was speaking on Google <laughs> AdSense, I had a lot of negative things to say about them. You know, a, a lot of it being you just don't have any control about what's on your site. You know, if someone clicks on Google AdSense, they're leaving your site um, and you've lost them as a customer or a, a website visitor. <clears throat> and who knows if they'll be back. And then, you know, there's just several different ways. And then I got into making money through donations, through um, – and then also because people were searching so much on my website – I had an instant database of what people were searching for, all the typos, all the misspellings. And so I leveraged that into doing my own pay-per-click outside of my site to go direct to these ringtone offers and really started blowing it out. So I I really learned just – just and, and the whole time I was doing this, that was when you know I started Shoe Money in 2003 – but as I was learning how to make money and, you know, it started as just like, hey, you know, I met Paris Hilton and, you know, it was just, it was just, you know, just about <laughs> me and my life. And then it started to be like, hey, I discovered this AdSense thing and this thing's kind of crazy. And then it's like, oh, the affiliate marketing works like this. And now it's like, hey, here's my experience in doing pay-per-click and here's what, you know, just, just in sharing everything I was learning along the way. So, you know, so then, you know, I got to be known as like this guy who makes money online and I wrote about all these things and you know gave people value but I've always had the mantra of kind of like not telling people what to do but just sharing with them my experience and let them do what they want you know from there so you know um from there one day I'm I have a um a site and, and you know the same site and I'm sitting there thinking you know gosh you know AdSense has such amazing click through but I have no control over those ads. You know, I can't make them open in a new window and all the other downfalls with, that, with the AdSense. And I said, you know, gosh, what if I just developed my own network that had the look and feel of AdSense but went to my own affiliate ads? So I created Shoe Money Ads. And I had a lot of people using it. And it's just a free thing I offered to people. You know, they can, And again, it's something that I wanted. So I built it for me and then built it for other people. And I built out a little reporting thing and you know, different stats and different things and blah, blah, blah. So about four months after that, um, I'm playing poker at affiliate summit or something. And this girl's next to me and she says, you know, gosh, you, you're the owner of that shoe money ads. Right. And she just happened to be in charge of the eBay affiliate program. And she said, you know, you should build that around eBay because our eBay affiliates are using your ads and doing very, very well with it. So I was like, interesting. So I started auction ads, which was purely, you know, powered by the eBay API. If you had a site like Darren Rouse, who had his photo photography blog, it's doing well. You know, he could put images of cameras and, and how long the, you know, it's the auction is. And, you know, we, we powered all that. And because we were doing so much volume, I mean, we, within four months, we were doing 
like $2 million a month um, through engrossed that was paid out to our publishers. And, you know, I know something you want to get into is how to grow and build traffic and all that, which I'm happy to share um, with people, but we can get to that. But, but, you know, it really, it was crazy. Um, And because we were getting so much money, we could pay out on the highest tier. So, you know, if you started with eBay and you got somebody to buy, sign up or whatever, you get like 12 bucks. We were getting 20 something. So we were able to pay out, you know, I think we paid out a hundred. Yeah. We paid out a hundred percent. Um, cause I just wanted to grow it super mm-hmm. fast. And so now you could go through eBay or you could go through us and get, you know, almost double the payout. So, um, that was a one reason why auction ads grew. There's, there's many, um, but, you know, from that, uh, then I got into, I built a product, there's been many along the way, Shoe Money Tools and Free SEO Report, um, just just a ton of things. I sold Next Pimp off to a, a ringtone company, um, uh, Shoe Money Tools kind of became deprecated with all the APIs going down, and, um, you know, Free SEO Report I sold, um, and then I came up with this Shoe Money system, which is just a training product to help people um, you know, learn affiliate marketing, learn, you know, the basics of all that and, you know, several other things. And through that, you know, I, I had a kind of a secret way, if you will, not really a secret, but, a, uh, which is why these companies grew so fast after auction ads and why they became so successful and really why I was able to crush my competition. And I really, um, in 2012, the early phase of that, I started, you know, just like, gosh, I just don't want to do this affiliate stuff anymore. I just don't want to, you know, make all tons of money in one month and then, you know, try to figure out what I want to do next. And, you know, I, I had started, I'd never owned a company for more than four months and, and I'd sold it. Mm. And I was, and that was really a confidence thing. Cause I just was like, gosh, this is, you know, at auction ads, I'm doing paying, I'm paying out $2 million a month with a PayPal CSV file doing a mass pay <laughs> to, you know, to, you know, we had 20,000 people in database, but I think like, you know, it was doing like 4,000 people were getting payments. And I mean, that's something you don't have a margin for error on. And and then I got into stuff like currency hedging, just way out of my league. And it was me and a $20 an hour programmer. We did no customer service. You know, I mean, it was like, if you can't figure it out, then you're dumb. You know, and, and it was, that was, I didn't know how to do it. So that's, you know, looking back on that, I, you know, probably sold it. Well, I know I sold it for way too cheap because I've gotten friends with the companies there and they were willing to pay a lot more than what I sold it for. But, um, anyway, um, that's, so I, I, I basically was, you know, another situation of four in the morning, you know, drinking with friends and told them, you know, gosh, I'm just, I want to build a real company or, I'm just going to write and have a, you know, I've put away enough money from the companies I've sold to live a good lifestyle for the rest of my life. And I either am going to take a run at building a solid, stable company um, or this, but I don't know what that stable company is. And then one of them said, well, you've, you've had this one thing that's helped you grow your companies and all these companies don't know how to do that. And so why don't you just do that for other companies? So that's the PAR program. And that's where you're at now. Wow, it's, I mean, it's a miraculous story. I mean, just uh, hearing you really off as well, it makes it sound, in hindsight, just so simple. But I'm sure there's a lot of mechanics behind it. I'd like to start, I guess, with the first kind of big public success, which was NetPimp and, you know, the six-figure checks from Google that followed. That, if I understand, was getting somewhere near 200,000 unique visitors a day at one point. You can perhaps correct me on the numbers, how do you go about building up an audience that fast and that large to a website in the fashion that you did? You know, and this is something that's always worked for me is giving value and, and not focusing on the money to start with, but more of like, what can I build that is something that would improve my life? And, you know, that was ringtones. That was what I cared about. And just improving that and improving that Everything else took care of itself, right? I mean, I'd never bought traffic to that site. It all came to me, and it was because, you know, there, you know, you could go and buy ringtones, or, you know, you could go to the site that had millions of ringtones submitted by users and, you know, download them free and, you know, and, and all this stuff. But, but actually, to answer your question, um, I mean, 
it was featured on many newspapers. It was featured in, you know, gosh, it was, it was on, you know, dig was the big thing at the time. Mm. It, it made the front page of dig many times, which that would bring in at that time, you know, you would get hundreds of thousands of users in addition to what you had. Um, all the Nextel stores, I could go into any Nextel store anywhere and they would know the site well and they would actually know me um, as the owner. And a lot of times I had to show them that I was the owner. But And I was, I was actually sued in court, uh, federal court, by Nextel um, because, I mean, the site looked pretty much identical to Nextel with their yellow and black at that right. time. And, and they were saying people were confused because I, I outranked Nextel for like Nextel ringtones and they wow. sold, they sold ringtones and I was like third for just Nextel. So, you know, if you're looking for ringtones and you type in Nextel, you know, where are you going to go? So they um, took me to federal court and it was, uh, we had over like 6,000 pages um, from logs of Nextel stores accessing the website and even affidavits from Nextel employees saying that, you know, because of that site, they were making sales because they showed people, you know, where they could get ringtones for their phones. So um, I'm kind of like digressing from your question. That's cool. I did. My, my big secret to growing the site was engaging with my audience. So I was on every forum, you know, that had to do with cell phones. And in my signature, you know, was, you know, getting ringtones and I would help people, you know, and, and cause a lot of people just didn't know. And then it's, you know, for every person that found the site, you know, they just blew up, yeah. you know, from there, especially, and, and here's another thing too, is leveraging. Um, before I ever ranked for free ringtones or ringtones or anything like that, I would leverage the domains of these forums and in the title, you know, I would put how to load ringtones on your next cell phone, how to, you know, and then I would go to a sprint forum, how to load. And I would write, you know, the complete guide, not like telling people to go to my site, but just like saying, I went to next pimp, I downloaded the ringtone and then here's what are the steps. And of course people went to the site and people have got away from the whole, you know, they're buying all these products to, you know, spam the crap out of everywhere and, and do all this stuff. And just like, God, just give people some value and mm. you can drop, drop in your stuff here and there. Um, you know, like I'm sure people listening to this and this may sound, this is going to sound funny, but you know, just by this, I'm sure people are going to go and buy something I sell or probably contact me about the par program or something. And it's just because, you know, just, just talking to people and just telling them, you know, just giving them value of some sort, opening their eyes to things. And yeah. it, comes back. So that was my big secret to growing the site. I mean, did it get a hundred thousand visitors? No. Um, again, I, I built it for me and just the same way my blog started with nobody reading it. And it was just because I gave people value over time, you know, in everything, even auction ads, you know, it didn't make a ton of money the first day, but you know, just as people found out how good it was, you know, then it just spread rapidly. Well, it's interesting that you sort of touch on things like forums because that was some years back now, but forums are still a fantastic way to get traffic and really just dive in on that kind of watering hole of passionate users who are really going to kind of devour your stuff when you find the right target market. And that sort of same stuff still works today. They're tried and tested methods that still work. Ab absolutely. You know, there's things people don't think about. Now people are you know, are really spamming the crap out of stuff. And I know there's been products out there about how to make money with eBooks and blah, blah, blah. But I can tell you one of the key things for my company now, um, which is part of the acquisition and retention of, of you know, for whatever we can talk about that if you want to get into that. But, um, I, I accidentally discovered something. I, I put a guide on, on, a. Amazon, it was like called the ultimate, you know, like email marketing system. And little behold, it started ranking for email marketing. And I sold it for 99 cents and uh, Amazon allows you to give it away for like four days a month or something like that. And when I gave it away for free, it's got tons and it would go up to number one and, you know, and, and all this stuff. But really what it led people to do, I gave them so much value about, you know, your, how to approach people, your persona, you know, how to, you know, you know, really relate to your customer and, you know, cause all these, whether they're 
you know, bloggers or whether they're whatever, they just, you know, they read about like, oh, you know, you build a list and then you slam them with offers and all this stuff. I mean, they don't even understand how you tell your story and how, mm. you know, you don't, you, I mean, do I hit people with offers and make a ton of money through my list? Absolutely. But my retention, and I tell people when I speak at conferences about list building, I'm like, if you want to see it in action, get on my list at shumai.com and I guarantee that I'll see your name. You're going to buy something from me. And they all laugh. And I'm like, you laugh. <laughs> laugh away. But the average, I know the dollar value of a person who gets on my list organically is worth 80 bucks on average, the lifetime value of a, of a person. And that's, you know, attributed to, and, and believe it or not, that's low. I mean, for the clients that we have that are e-commerce people, it's somewhere around 160 bucks per email, which is, you know, pretty amazing and very eye-opening. Well, coming forward from from NetPimp to your kind of you know second sort of big public success, if you like, the eBay affiliate marketing service. That, in comparison to NetPimp, was a totally different business model. Would you say that you've kind of got this you know real sort of natural ability to find angles and kind of exploit them for profit? Yeah, and that's I wrote a book which people can find it. I'm not here to pimp my book. Um, <clears throat> which which talks about, I mean, from a youth, I always saw angles and they got me in a lot of trouble as a kid. But, you know, now in business, those same kind of, or my the way my mind works of, you know, just kind of not only seeing angles, but not being afraid. And I, I talk about this, you know, constantly of, of, you know, of being in that gray area and, you know, not being afraid well, I mean, it's not for everyone, but, you know, to, uh, I mean, for me, where I found success is crossing lines, you know, or bending rules, you know, legally, morally, <laughs> ethically, you know, what other people might not be willing to do. And, you know, that's the difference, no matter who I've talked to, or if you look at the success of any major company, I don't care what the major company is, they've done that. And that's the difference between a successful company and I mean, I just look it up. It's just fact. I mean, it's, it's, there's people who want to work nine to five and do that. And then there's people who want to have their own business, but just don't know how to grow it. And I mean, look at Steve Jobs or, I mean, that's a very high end or, or, you know, Microsoft or all those guys, they had, you know, a borderline criminal backgrounds mm -hmm. of the lines they push. I'm not saying you have to be a criminal, but they were, you know, very brave in, I mean, even Facebook, I mean, Zuckerberg, look what he did, you know, look at, you know, the MySpace guys started as massive spammers and, you know, look at plenty of fish, you know, who, you know, did some pretty wild stuff, you know, putting up there allegedly, um, you know, a lot of fake female profiles to get people interested. I mean, just any which way I'm saying is that these guys started and saw an angle and took a step that most people wouldn't be willing to do. And with auction ads, um, some of the, the, the big reason that that, you know, I had like a 10 point plan, which was insane. I mean, nobody in their right mind would do what I did, but because I did it, I was able to grow that company within four months to 2 million a month in revenue. And what I did was, I mean, one, I gave everyone who signed up and implemented the code five bucks just five bucks in your account. Now, behind the scenes, in the fine print, you don't get paid unless you make 10. And if you made 10, I knew that you were going to be worth it. Yeah. Because, you know, the hardest thing to get people to, to do when you own an advertising network is just implement it. And people are so, you know, they're so uh, complacent, if you will, whether it's Google AdSense or whatever, um, was to, is to just do it. So incentivizing them, giving them five bucks, that was, you know, like step one. Step two was market penetration. So I would go to TechCrunch, right? And I would say, all right, what are you making from AdSense? I'll pay you 10% more to implement auction ads. And I don't even care what you're making. So I did that, you know, and cost me a lot. And then I, uh, everyone follows suit though, because like, you know, all of a sudden Mashable, right? is coming is is running auction ads as a regular publisher because they saw TechCrunch was doing it so they're like oh he must be making way more money than with AdSense right and you know read right web and all these sites back then started running auction ads because TechCrunch was doing it and then i penetrated the you know the the mixed martial arts um 
industry, which I'm a huge fan of. But so I went to the biggest site there and I said, same thing. I'll give you 10% more than your best month of AdSense ever. Let's go. And so same thing. And then I, you know, just routinely did that, which was, you know, I were very, very brave. And another thing I did is I paid out net zero terms, right? Which was crazy. I mean, I paid out people 90 days before I got paid. So, you know, by the time it was hitting the, you know, millions a month, um, that was very scary because if eBay decided for whatever reason, they didn't want to pay me, I'm in trouble. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm a little extreme and pretty high. Well, at that time, let's just say at that time I was, I've become a lot less, uh, I'm, I'm a lot more risk adverse now, but you know, at that, you gotta be willing to do what others are not. And yeah. there was eight, there was eight companies doing what auction ads was doing when I launched it, including eBay, who is over 5 million in development and five years into it. And here I am, I launch it eight weeks after I came up with, met with that girl on eBay and you know, let's see, you know, so many weeks later, uh, four, you know, 16 weeks later, it's a $2 million a month, you know, publishing network. So, you know, the things I did to grow and I'm on step four of my marketing plan. So, and I'm not a big planner, so I shouldn't act like I came up <laughs> with a, I mean, I've never written a business plan or any, I don't have an MBA. In fact, I barely went to college. And so I'm not a big planner. I fly by the seat of my pants and sometimes I come up with you know, an idea and I, I take action. That's, I mean, my thing is I'm, you know, I don't sit and think about things a lot. I, in fact, it drives me crazy when I'm sitting talking to someone and we just, a lot of people are like, Hey, let's chat about stuff. And I'm like, Hey, let's do something. Yeah. You know, like I'm not a chatter. I want to, if we talk about something and I haven't acted on it within the next couple of days, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Sort of looking back at a auction as do you think you'd have kind of pushed the boundaries as far and as hard as you did if you didn't have net pimp behind you? Because if you kind of look at the the, the history of, of the likes of Steve Jobs, the example that you made, I mean, he really pushed things close with lawsuits, but kind of always cited the fact that because Apple was so liquid, it could kind of push things to the edge a little bit. Do you think you kind of had a little bit of security perhaps behind you knowing that perhaps you you know if something went you know too badly wrong it wouldn't be too much of a downside for you you know i'm really glad you asked that because a lot of people assume that because i had the revenue from next pimp that i was safe it was really <laughs> if people would have seen i mean imagine you're getting tens of thousands of ringtones uploaded a day how much of that content do you think was copyrighted Oh, okay. I can imagine. <laughs> how many how many cease and desist letters a day do you think I was getting? I figure, I mean, I was strategically planning for, you know, like I mean, even though my lawyers had, I mean, I had, I mean, my bills to my attorneys were, you know, five figures a month because they were, I mean, we had large record companies, large record companies. And if one of those would have, if they would have got together on a class action, I was broke. And yeah. that, you know, and if I, I mean, I, shush, I can't even tell you how many sleepless nights I had. So yeah, I made money with that, but could that be over? And not only could they take all of that in a minute, but also take my house and everything I'd ever built. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was very fortunate in that, you know, all that time leading up to when I sold the site that, you know, because of our compliance, you know, just, just none of the companies really wanted to push me and make an example out of me, even though I was as, com but this was before the DMCA act. I mean, mm -hmm. this was before you could say, Hey, I'm, you know, this is third party content and I can't control it. You know, I'm doing everything I can. Um, anyway, so to answer your question, I mean, I had no security. I mean, because the site that was producing money was a huge liability, a huge mm -hmm. liability, um, a massive liability and auction ads. So, I mean, did I, it's kind of all relative, right? Because I mean, a lot of people start out are like, well, yeah, but you had this, so you're shoe money, you can do this and all this. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't for you. I mean, if you're coming up with excuses why you can't be successful to start with, this is, it's never going to work. Mm. But, you know, because, um, you know, I mean, I, I was, you know, paying out a hundred percent, I had a really cool affiliate program to where, you know, it, but it didn't 
cost me anything but time to do auction ads. And, you know, I programmed out probably 80% of it. And the, the funny thing is, it wasn't that secure. I mean, it wasn't, the code was very bad. Um, I was a horrible programmer. But, I mean, it's funny. I built a multi-million dollar a month website from books I got from Barnes and Nobles and really just like taking code that was copy and paste but changing a little bit of it to make it do what I wanted to do. I mean, just like the user, you know, like, you know, something simple, like make a username, you know, and, and this and that. Well, it's, you know, that just, that's not that hard when you just, there's all these examples on how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, how to make an upload thing. Okay, great. Well then, you know, I already had the back end stuff, which I, those are programmers. I, I forked it to bash, which is, <laughs> which is a horrible security thing. But, you know, that was, I mean, I'm sure people, I mean, it, it was, and I had registered globals on because I was, those who are programmers will understand how, how, what a horrible program I was, but it worked, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, I had million dollar company operating on a completely insecure site and people would start with, well, that, you know, like we got to start with this and how are we going to, let's think about the database structure and the security. No, I don't do that. I start, I start like, I've always had the thing, like it doesn't matter until it matters. Yeah. Right. So. Like, yeah, let's worry about security if we run into an issue. Instead, let's do great backups, and if we get hacked, we'll roll it back and we'll figure out what happened. Mm. So, you know, let's keep great logs and great. So I don't even know if that answered your question, but, you know, with me, I I find that, uh, yeah, it was about the security of what I had built before. Um, Oftentimes, people ask me, if you were to start tomorrow, what would you do? And I've found myself in that exact situation in the last year because, you know, every year I, I have money, right? I've put money away, but it's invested in a lot of hard assets. You know, I've, I've bought farmland, I've bought buildings, I've bought, you know, and, and my wife likes, is very frugal and likes having a nest egg. Mm. And I actually last year was the first time since I started my company that I lost money. I mean, it was very humbling for me because I've always, you know, I'm shoe money. I'd never do anything wrong. But it was because I really focused on this long-term real company that happened. And me to go to my wife and say, honey, kind of max on a little credit line here. I need to take some money out. She was completely against it and was like, I want to see a plan because <laughs> when I come down to your office, you guys are all playing video games you guys are all watching YouTube videos and you're throwing parties, you know, and me in my office, I have a stripper pool. I have, you know, stand up arcade games. I've got, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's a, I wanted to build a very fun place. People where everyone here loves working here. You know, it's, we, we have a foot that changed. Right. And so I had to show her, you know, and, and this is, so people say, what would you do? Well, I started this company in debt, you know, this new mm. company. I mean, I was, I didn't take, you know, I, and, I, you know, anyone can get a small business loan right now, right? Um, if you put a, a certain thing down, I started with less than what I could, what, you know, everyone could get as a small business loan if you had a good plan. And I actually, you know, went to them and, and I, it's funny cause I had issues getting, cause I didn't want to do the hoops that you have to, but you know, I mean, even the bank was like, gosh, you know, we're giving out, I, it, it, People in the situation that have money, they're way, it's with the way the government is right now. I mean, they're basically letting you do unsecured loans for an enormous amount. I'm, I'm really surprised at that. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, like, so if people ask me, what would you do if you started over again? It's like, I just did. I just mm-hmm. totally did. And, you know, a lot of people are actually, it's, it's funny, a lot of people are actually in a better position than I am. I mean, when I wake up every day, I've got to make, you know, three grand today to break even. Mm. You know, I mean, you think you're in a better position than I am right now? Imagine not having, you know, the money coming in that you did, but having all the expenses. You know, yeah. I've got a hundred hundred thousand dollars in a month in expenses. I've got to make, you know, thirty or twenty two. I know the number usually it's like two seven nine eight a day to break even this month. You know, and so fortunately, this new company is once we had it all developed and everything has taken off like a rocket and we're doing fantastic. But it really made me think like, 
am I cut out for this? You know, am I, am I, you know, am I the fly by night guy that I've always been in making companies and selling them or, you know, making companies that make a ton of money and then having them go to crap because I just moved on to the next thing, you know, or can I really do this? And it was a very humbling experience for me. It was a very, um, educational experience for me. I'd like to talk, Jeremy, about the Shoe Money blog actually for, for a little while. I mean, that itself has become extremely established and certainly established your name. And it does pretty well, I think, for traffic as well. It's probably, according to my notes, well within the top sort of 10,000 or so most trafficked websites in most major countries. And I think you've got a readership somewhere near sort of 30,000 people daily. How has that result been achieved? Was there any sort of quick tactics that helped you grow the blog? Or again, was that kind of a more long-term strategy that helped you build that thing up? Yeah. So the tactics, like I said, I wrote it because, well, I mean, I just wanted to write it for me. Um, you know, moving, I know everyone doesn't want to hear that. I, I didn't have the, you know, the, anyway, <laughs> I'm, dig, I'm digressing. Okay. So my mind works in a lot of interesting ways, but, um, so as the site built up, we almost have to start at 2000, you know, three or four when I actually, somebody besides my mom read it. Um, and, you know, as I started giving value to people, I, the biggest reason, and I have, I have large, large companies come to me and are like, nobody reads our blog. You know, like I'm talking like, well, I don't want to name them, but I mean, huge companies that are like, we, we get 500 people that read our blog, you know? And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, let me read it. And I read it. And it's just like, why would anyone want to read this? You're talking about company news and how you've just partnered with this company, you know, and I'm like, why the hell would anyone want to read that? And I'm like, why don't you talk about how this company is doing it wrong? Like, why don't you talk about, and I'm not talking about what everyone says, 10 ways to do this or five ways to do this. I mean, just title the thing. So-and-so sucks, you know, or whatever. I mean, be polarizing positively or negatively. Either you want people to love or hate you. And, you know, I've, I've picked fights with a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of companies, including Google. And, you know, I've been in about 12 different lawsuits because of what I've said or because of whatever. But I can tell you that I've never um, come out cash flow negative on a, a yearly basis on a legal issue. Um, I've actually made a video, if anyone ever cares, called Affiliate Legal Issues. It's free. And it goes through a lot of the legal cases I've been in whether I've been sued or I've sued other people. And the legal system is a tremendous tool to not only, I mean, everyone loves lawsuits um, and reading about them. And um, there's actually one I'm writing about now, which is I'm following this. Uh, if you ever heard of the dirty.com, the guy just posts pictures of um, girls who take kind of these racy photos on Facebook and, people who are haters of them upload them to Facebook and then everyone comments negatively on what a slut they are. Um, so the guy just lost a $400,000 lawsuit against one of the girls who uploaded it. Well, that's a huge precedent because that's third party content. That's you've always been able to hide behind the communications decency act. So, you know, that's a huge precedent for bloggers because now they're, they're responsible. I have a lot of guest posters. I have people who I have a deadbeat report where people can post like so-and-so's, you know, this company's a deadbeat. They didn't pay me. A lot of people subscribe to that. I have a, a girl who goes by the pen name of SEO bitch who every week writes a very controversial post, which has actually burned some bridges for me, but it's very polarizing. And she has the people that subscribe to her particular author feed are it's it's crazy. I mean, it's like thirty, forty thousand people, and she's only been doing it for a couple months. Wow. Um, but her, you know. So I guess my whole point is, if you want a blog that gets traffic, do something that I mean, think to yourself, like think, like send it to your mom or send it to your friend, and just say, you know, what do you think? Is this something you would share? You know, is this something you would forward to their friend? I mean, people forget, like people you know, actually will email friends and say like, Hey, check this out. I mean, it's not all about Facebook and Twitter and Google plus and all that. That's great. But in the end, you know, people still will just forward stuff. So anyway, like if, if people out there listening to start a blog, give value to, to people and, you know, be you. I mean, 
everyone has opinions and they're so scared about writing something. I can tell you when I posted about how I was fat and all, you know, like the pain of, you know, kids making fun of me and, you know, but how, you know, I mean, just the whole thing. I mean, I was scared to post that. I mean, like I was like, Oh God, you know? And, and also I talked about my addiction to online games and how I basically lost two years of my life and all this stuff. And those are some of my most popular posts because i like put my heart out there, you know? And I was just like, God, this is going to be ammo for all my haters and all this stuff. But it wasn't, it just drastically increased readership because guess what? You're relating to your reader. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many people since I wrote my book, um, or the blog have written me and been like, Oh man, I went through the same thing. And, you know, um, you know, or I'm fat and did this and, you know, and just, you know, and it's just like, you, you want to relate to your, everyone has opinions on stuff, but when people post about it, they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, you see the thing right now with Trayvon Martin. I don't know if you see it there where you're at, but in the U S it's all we have. I mean, it's all we hear about these rallies and, when people come out and they speak negatively or positively about it and their opinion, they're like on the cover of everything. And it's like, Oh, Charles Barkley said that he deserved it, you know, and huge polarizing, but it's just people's opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and the best part about this, whether I've written negatively or positively about a company, people forget about it two weeks later, but they've been to my site. They know who I am and they subscribe. One of the things I was reading actually on your blog was kind of your whole philosophy around sort of embracing new trends in in kind of everything you do. What in terms of traffic strategies would you say you're embracing right now and kind of exploiting to your best advantage? I think you were telling me before a little bit about something to do with a mobile ad network you're getting great results with. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I I want to look up the name because I want to tell your people about it. Um, there's a, there's a mobile ad network that I discovered through a friend and I'm looking it up right now cause I always forget the name of it. And so I signed up and he said, dude, put a hundred bucks in your account and look at how much traffic you're going to get from it. So I was like, all right. So I, I put a hundred bucks in there and you know, if you post this, I'll be happy to send you a screenshot or something. Um, but I put, so I put a hundred bucks in there. I got like 60,000 clicks now i know there's a lot of fraud in there because i mean on a lead gen that i was doing i only got like 40 submits out of sixty thousand clicks so obviously that's not adding up but i came out very cash flow positive on that so i mean like those looking there's i think and I've, I've explored a lot more mobile. Um, you know the things we found and this is kind of embracing kind of something is you know, actually building out. Um, if you if you want to see an interesting example um, of how companies like myself can, if you go to Shoe Money Training, which is actually if you go to shoemoneytraining.com and you're on an iPhone, you're going to see an iPhone very, very, very looks like a native application, right? And it it caters to mobile people, and people don't think about like on your email submits or like however you collect leads on your site if you do that and you know we have some clients that do that some that don't do other stuff but they don't um they think like you know you need your name and email kind of horizontally it doesn't work that way on a mobile phone you need to do things vertically Mm -hmm. um and and you're going to see a huge difference and and you know the thing is um again well it's kind of going against what i normally do is is that's my experience and you've got to test it and figure out what works for you but you know, on, on all these things. So mobile traffic right now is so, and and this is the thing is why I just talked about, I'm getting away from the fly by night stuff and building a real company. I can't help it. Right. I just, I just can't help it. So as my hobby, I still do a lot of affiliate stuff on the side, like at home or, you know, when I'm in between talking, working with clients and stuff, I just, it's just, I love it. You know, I love affiliate marketing. And also I know that there's a very limited shelf life on affiliate marketing. You're coming down with all these FTC laws, you're coming down with all these taxes that are, you know, the Nexus tax, which has made, you know, all these companies kill their affiliate programs. So it's a very limited time for people to make, you know, from home for no investment or little investment, an enormous amount of capital. 
Um, and it's just not, I mean, I look at this real company I'm building and I realized in the first year, if I could make as much as I made, you know, in sometimes, you know, I want to say like three or four weeks, you know, in some years I am going to be, I'm supposed to be happy. Right. I mean, like most companies would freak out if they did, you know, half a million or million, you know, in yeah. a year in, pro- in profit. And I'm sitting there going, God, this is so much work. I've got so many employees I'm managing and all this stuff. And that's it. That's all. I, that's the, but I mean, you know, and I know people listen are probably like, this guy's so cocky, <laughs> but I mean, th- this is the way it is. I mean, there's so many guys out there that are 16, 21, no education, dropped out of school, whatever that, I mean, are millionaires, you know, because of the time we live in right now. And that's, if there's one thing I could pound home with people, it's no matter if you're getting traffic, I mean, you've seen Facebook get completely ruined, um, from, for guys like us trying to advertise because big brands have moved in and it takes a while. So every time there's like this mobile thing I just mentioned, that's got a very limited shelf life. Mobile advertising is a new thing, cutting edge thing. You can go to all these different forums, Digital Point, whatever, and they they talk about it. And it will take a year or two for big brands to recognize how profitable it is, and they will jump into it and they will destroy guys like us because they got big money and they don't, you know, they don't even care about making money on it. They just want to get their brand out more. Yeah. Well, let's close out, Jeremy, by talking about this new business venture of yours, which is called the PAR system, which stands for People Acquisition and Retention Program. Now, you describe it yourself as a kind of a big brand personal marketing, and it kind of looks to me very much like an intelligent sort of autoresponder and message sequencing system. Tell us a little bit about all of that and and what's involved, because it sounds super exciting. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. And, and from a very, very high level, we have amazing technology and we can do 100% email deliverability like nobody else. And, and I'm happy to talk to anyone who wants to talk about that because there's a lot of guts in there. But the end big picture is this. I've been I've built companies around connecting with my customers and giving them value. And somewhere along the line, these big brands have lost that. So the PAR program, People Acquisition and Retention, um, is all about that. And it's I've been selling you know, it's somewhere around 10 million bucks through my own list of, you know, building that relationship. And, you know, I'm not shoe money so much as I'm Jeremy. I mean, when I email people, if they respond to the 120,000 list, that goes to somebody at my office who will answer, or if it's too technical for them, they give it to me and I answer. Okay. Anyway, let me give you the, the, because I do a presentation at shop.org. It's coming up. And, and basically, it's the best way I've ever come up with of explaining it. Is It's called You Don't Know Jack. And it's about a guy named Jack Kiefer who has a company called Baby Age, one of our clients. And I'm using him in his example. And it's like, listen, you don't know Jack, but I know Jack. Because Jack helped my, met my wife one time and told her about you know what to watch out for when buying a stroller. right? And so my wife buys from Baby Age even though Amazon is 30% cheaper. Right. But she knows Jack, you know, and so she doesn't care because Jack's there for her. It's Uncle Jack. It's not, you know, baby age. It's Jack. And somewhere along the line, these companies think they got to do these. I mean, the stats we have are mind blowing and I don't know where people. But the other thing is, is, you know, we've got 11 years of doing this. You know, I've been writing and selling stuff through email. I mean, you show me one email company who's actually sells an e-commerce product. Right. And so. We've got experience doing it. And then if another one of our clients is Blue Electronic Cigarettes, twice as much as any of their competitors, but they just sold for over $100 million and their revenues are ridiculous because their CEO and their other stuff is is out there all the time. He's a guy. You know, like when you think of it, you think of Jason Healy because he's the president. And if you look at Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg, they're people behind a brand. They've got a story. And um, so I know I'm going really long here, but the point I'm trying to make is, and, and, and trust me, I'm not trying to sell my company to you guys because we only take on about four or five clients a month just because we, I do all the copywriting, me, Jeremy Shoemaker. So we have to make, you know, we, ha- we're very selective on, on who we take on and stuff like that, but everyone out there can do this, right? Mm-hmm. You can go to a Weber, cost you a buck, right? If you're a company out there looking to really drastic, and I'm talking make, I mean, for some of these companies, we improve their sales by 20 to 50%. And 
I'm just stunned because all they do is email out a, an image, not even text usually, a huge image, which I'll give you a, a, just a staggering fact um, that's a quantifiable fact is that on desktop clients, we can see 70% never load an image of desktop clients. So nobody's even seeing anything but a blank white thing. It's like somebody coming up to your booth and you know they have to touch a button in order to actually see what the hell you do. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like all of a sudden all these big brands have lost the whole thing and we when as we talk to them and some of them are saying, "Well, you know, we just don't see returns through email." It's like, "Well, yeah, because you're sending people a special offer every time." You know, it's just that's all you do. When I get an email from Dell, I don't engage with that. When I get an email from Jason at Dell, he's my rep. And I know he's emailing me because they got a special or one of my warranties are expiring or something like that. And and he's he's there. I can call him. I can email him. Right? But so that's and, – and people – I mean you don't have to use me. You can I, – I wrote a guide called Email Acquisition and Retention is Free. Um, and it goes through like how to what the, what's the persona? What's this? And I give all these quantified stats. And the reason I do it is because those people who can do it themselves are not – who we're looking for as clients, but I give away exactly what we do for mm. these big brands, you know? And so those who just want, don't, don't, you know, don't have time to do this. Those companies are ones that are, we just take it all off their plate. So. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to include a link off to the PAR system in the show notes, as well as a bunch of other references we've mentioned today, including the shoemoneysystem.com, shoemoney.com, of course, and shoemoneytraining.com. Um, Jeremy, any other links that we should place in the show notes for our listeners today? Um, you might just want to note that the shoe money training is from is actually the shoe money system I created a couple years ago, and it's absolutely free. Awesome. So, yeah, you sign up and it gives you your, you know, name or your password instantly. And um, it's got, gosh, a hundred and some hours of content plus all my radio interviews. And it's it's really great stuff. And I spend a lot of time building it and I just give it away to everybody. So, And you'll be in good company when you download that because I think you've had over five million worth of downloads of it already. So it's obviously good information there. Yeah. And actually, the funny thing is that that exact thing sells on Udemy for 200 bucks. And it's always within the top five percentile of Udemy's gross sales. I just got another email. So they always want me to do something. And I'm, I'm, I'm that's a whole nother story. I'm not real happy with them. But anyway. Awesome. I'm also going to recommend people check out your recently published book called Nothing's Changed But My Change, which is kind of an overview of your, your backstory. And uh, based on what you've shared with us today, I think will be a fantastic read. So I'm assuming, Jeremy, that's available on Amazon.com? It's Amazon um, in select Barnes and & Nobles and um, also public libraries. A lot of public libraries stock it. And I just have been getting letters recently from prisons. Um, from people from prisoners so evidently if you're in prison you can pick it up too so <laughs> yeah okay. but amazon amazon's the best price they keep lowering it i guess because i don't know why but i've never i just put it up on amazon and it did well so and and honestly i wrote the book everyone says why'd you write a book about your life and it's i wrote it for my kids because i i've lived an insane life and i just wanted them to know not filtered and stuff and so um, it's, it's pretty raw. I got to just warn people out there. Um, there's some grammar stuff. I didn't, I mean, I wanted it mine. So I wrote it. It was five years in the making and, um, it's, it's truly, I mean, the reviews are interesting. If you just read the reviews, if you want to have a, it's not a, how to make money online book. So please, I mean, I talk about building the companies I've built, but in no way, I don't want people to be confused about that. So it's it's not that it's it's basically just about a crazy kid who had a semi criminal at times background and um you know and I say nothing's changed but my change because it's I'm still the same guy I just have a lot more change in my pocket Fantastic. Well, you did warn me at the start of this interview that there may be some sort of profanities, but we've managed to stay pretty clean. I suggest that our listeners go check out the book for the uncensored version. So um, there's where mm -hmm. to get it. Jeremy, thanks for your time today. I've had a whole lot of fun uh, listening to your story and um, perhaps we can do it again sometime in the future. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on, James. First of all, Gmail, the much-loved email solution from Google, has been rearranging its inbox. 
The interface is now in a tabbed style arrangement with filters in place to push email to the relevant tab. Now as standard, there is a tab for primary email, social email, promotions, updates, and forums. Now, the functionality that Google have just introduced with Gmail was pretty much available before with filters and labels. However, now with this new setup, Google really are encouraging people to get organized with their email management, which from a user standpoint, I think is a very good thing. Most people do have problems trying to manage their email, but from a marketer's standpoint, this probably could be seen as a bit of a hindrance because we do like those marketing emails we send to land up in that primary email inbox. Whereas now with this new Google functionality inside of Gmail, it looks like they may be getting pushed away from attention. Now, in other Google news, TechCrunch has reported that Google is developing an e-commerce platform called Helpouts. Now, the platform is currently being tested and according to TechCrunch, may get a release sometime next month. From Facebook, well, they've just announced their Q2 numbers and the numbers are in growth. Active monthly users have grown from 1.11 billion to 1.15 billion. Mobile users have also increased as have daily active users. They're both up from the Q1 numbers. Now, whilst all these numbers are up, most of the growth has actually come from Asia where Facebook actually make less money per user. So it may not be entirely the good news that's being reported. Now, YouTube, they've released a range of subscribe buttons that video creators can put on their website to encourage subscriptions to their YouTube channels. Now, previously, there was only really available a subscribe widget, which didn't have much sort of functionality or customization. It was pretty much standard. So the new button should offer a range of sort of cool designs that will maybe encourage more people to subscribe to your channel. So go check those out. In Twitter news, will Twitter have finally killed off auto-follow functionality? Now, the practice of auto-following was typically used by new Twitter users who wanted to quickly inflate their follower numbers. And from these spam-type services, from which you could go and buy maybe 10,000 or 20,000 Twitter followers at a time. Now, Twitter, of course, been getting quite a lot of rap for this, and they are reported to be the most spammed of all social platforms. So they're trying to do this in an attempt to clean it up and make it more social and make it more real again. So this is obviously a good move. So as of now, auto follow functionality has now been stopped. Thank you to you if you were one of the commenters on the Andrew Warner episode, which was our last episode of Traffic Jam. We had some really great feedback for that particular show, which is absolutely no surprise because Andrew was a fantastic guest. So if you want to take part and kind of interact more with the show, please go ahead and do it. I'd love to hear your comments and feedback and questions you have for our guests here on Traffic Jam. And you can do that as always in a number of ways. You can comment on the show notes page itself over at trafficjamcast.com. You can leave a voice message, which you can do by, again, visiting trafficjamcast.com and then going to the speak pipe functionality, which is at the base of the site. Or, of course, you can head on over to iTunes and leave a review there. I'd love to get your feedback. And if there's any particular great comments or reviews, then they're bound to get read out here on trafficjamcast.com. So if you'd like to get yourself a little bit of extra exposure, please pop on over, leave us a comment, maybe leave your website address as well. And I'll make sure that's read out on a future show. The one minute traffic tip. Okay, so this week's traffic tip is as much a leverage tip as it is a traffic tip. And it's all about taking one piece of content and then leveraging that into multiple modalities to attract different types of traffic. Now we all know the power of video. So we start with a video piece of content, which of course should be engaging and compelling to your audience. Then what you do is you take that video, you upload it to YouTube and embed that YouTube video onto your blog. You then transcribe the video so it goes into text format, paste that into your blog post and then also attach a PDF version for people to download. 
Then from the video, you strip out the audio, upload it to your server, and then syndicate it with iTunes. So now you've got an iTunes podcast going out as a different version of your video. So the end result here, you've got a well search optimized blog post with lots of rich text content. You've got a powerful video which can be found via search and also within YouTube. And you've then got an audio version of that post within iTunes. So you've got their three fantastic traffic sources, YouTube, search traffic and iTunes. And then of course, if you go and announce that post, on your social media channels, you're also tapping into social traffic too. Now, if you want to see an example of this, I suggest you head on over to my new site, veravo.com, where we're just putting the finishing touches to the iTunes aspect of that process, and you'll see that coming into play real soon. So this is all about leverage, taking one input and then leveraging it into multiple modalities to attract different types of traffic. Okay, so that's it. That's a wrap on episode number 13 of Traffic Jam. We'll be back again soon with another episode and joining me on episode 14 will be a good friend of mine who will be discussing not only traffic, but conversions too. So stay on the lookout for that episode. To play out episode 13, we've got a track chosen by Jeremy, which really is a fantastic metaphor for his story and for his life journey so far. The track is by Drake and the title of the track is Started From The Bottom so enjoy Started from the bottom now we're here Started from the bottom now my whole team here Started from the bottom now we're here Started from the bottom now the whole team here Started from the bottom now we're here Started from the bottom now my whole team in Started from the bottom now we're here Started from the bottom now the whole team yeah, I done kept it real from the jump Living at my mama's house, we'd argue every month I was I was trying to get it on my own Working all night, traffic on the way home And my uncle calling me like, where you at? I gave you the keys, so you bring it right back I just, I just think it's funny how it goes Now I'm on the road, half a million for a show And we started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now my whole team here Started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here Started, started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here Started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here Boys, boys tell stories about the man Say I never struggled, wasn't hungry, yeah, I doubt it I can turn your boy into the man there ain't really much out here that's popping up without us We just want the credit where it's due I'ma worry about me, give a fuck about you just as, just as a reminder to myself I wear every single chain even when I'm in the house Cause we started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now my whole team here Started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here No noon, no noon, we don't feel that a fake friend where your real friends at we don't like to do too much explaining story stay the same i never changed it no noon we don't feel that a fake friend where your real friends at we don't like to do too much explaining story stay the same through the money and the fame because we started from the bottom now we're here started from the bottom now my whole team here started from the bottom now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Start, started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team in. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.